Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of WrestleRant Radio right here on EC Radio. I am your host with the most Bleach Report featured columnist, Graham Giesa Matthews, with another jam-packed edition here today. Lots to talk about, but finally... Finally, The Rock has returned to the WWE, if only for one night only, but we're going to be talking all about that in just a few minutes, but let me introduce my co-host here tonight, RJ first. RJ, how you doing? Good, how you doing, Graham? Doing great. And of course, our special guest host here tonight, Arden Franklin from AST Radio, blogtalkradio.com, backslash, you heard that right, AST Radio. He's had me on his show a few times. He's coming on to WrestleRant Radio here tonight to rant off on his thoughts in the wrestling world. Arden, how you doing tonight? I'm feeling pretty good, man. As if you said about The Rock, you know, I'm ready to lay the smack down on tonight's show. 
Absolutely, man. And I want to talk right... Let's get right into it right now. The Rock. The Rock is back in WWE laying the smack downeth on Rusev, Lana, and the entire WWE universe. Now, I really want to talk about this because I asked you only a few short days ago if you wanted to come here on the show. And when you started promoting your appearance on the show here today, you sent me a promo of The Rock from the early 2000s. And, and I know you said you kind of expected it, and some people did too. The Rock was in New York City. He was in the Big Apple yesterday to do some business. But he did stop by. I didn't see it coming. I was shocked. I was expecting the big slow to come out instead. We got The Rock. So, Arden, being the big Rock fan that you are, I want to get your thoughts. The great one has come back. What was your initial reaction to The Rock's return last night on Raw? And you're, and you're definitely right on what you just said for the last part. I mean, The Rock... It's pretty much my favorite wrestler of all time. He's the reason why I even started watching wrestling. I remember when I first started, it was the summer of 2000, middle of his rivalry at the time. He had a Triple H and then Kurt Angle and Seth is man and all that stuff. Of course, he was the WWE champion then, so he's always been my all-time favorite. But in terms of my thoughts on his return yesterday, it was one of those things where it didn't catch me all by surprise but it was still a great sight to see it's always great to see a legend return to the business especially one like The Rock and as what I even told you yesterday on Twitter you know I follow The Rock on Instagram like many do and he posted a photo of him in New York City doing one of his classic you know flexing poses and then he posted another one where he was doing a meeting at Time Warner so I posted that the listing photo on my Twitter page and I was like Rocks in New York City, Monday Night Raw's in Brooklyn. Can we see a return or appearance? And I was like, I doubt it, but I would love to see it. So to really see him come out and do his thing, we saw the crowd. They were just stunned, and they really reacted only as they could with The Rock. They gave him a great... Uh, and in terms of The Rock himself, The Rock on the mic, let me tell you something. I've watched The Rock for pretty much 14 years now. I watched plenty of promos, plenty of promos. I think pretty much take it down to a pack how to do his promos. That last night was among the best I've ever seen him on the mic. He was pretty much flawless. The energy was there. The execution and the, and the pronunciation of the word there. He just had it last night. And I thought it was great. And I think the best thing about it, it was genuinely a surprise. You know, these other times, especially now in today's world of wrestling and in the internet, we find out ahead of time, hey, this guy's going to be on this show, or he's suspected to come back at this time. We didn't have that last night with The Rock. Even people in the company were surprised that he was able to make it, because usually when The Rock returns, you know that the company promotes that. If The Rock was returning last night, even though we know he did it, the company would have been promoting that for weeks, or at least did it last week. But just to cap it off, man, it was a great return by The Rock. I love this in-ring performance, and and just another memory that he added to his time in the WWE. And that is exactly it. Nobody saw this coming. Like you said before, there was some speculation that he might be at Raw. I didn't think. I didn't think there was a slightest chance that he would be on the show last night. I knew that he was only there for to do business. And it had been exactly six months to the day on April 6th that The Rock came back at WrestleMania in New Orleans. RJ, you were there. I was there. You were there. Okay. That was a great return as well. To come back exactly six months later on a very flat episode of Monday Night Raw was the biggest surprise in the world. And like you said, it's very rare nowadays in wrestling that a surprise is kept secret. So that was a 
best part about it. That's why I loved it. I'm a sucker for surprises, so the fact that it played off so well. And granted, he, like, tweeted it out only, like, a few seconds before he came out on the show. But I don't really technically call that a spoiler since he wanted to kind of tune in, wanted his followers to tune in to Monday Night Raw last night, so maybe there was a big rating spike when he showed up. I'm not exactly sure. But what I loved about The Rock being on last night was the fact that it was a genuine surprise and that The Rock's return... If you really think about it, dating back to when he initially came back in 2011, except for when he came back in 2011, every other time he's returned since then, it's always been advertised every single time. And I understand why, because they want to pop a rating on the show, the the pay-per-view, whenever he comes back. I understand that. But to come back when no one expects it, I think, makes for the best moments. And that's what made last night so special. So, RJ, I want to get your thoughts on it. The great one is back. Your thoughts on The Rock being back in WWE. Yeah, it was nice to see The Rock come back since WrestleMania. Like I said, I was there at WrestleMania, so it was pretty nice when he came out there because he wasn't really rumored to be there because he was supposed to be filming Hercules, I think it was at the time. Yep. So uh, I was really surprised. Really brought The Raw up. His Raw was pretty boring at the time. I was like, oh, God, here comes Mark Henry the Big Show. <laughs> someone yeah. like someone that I could care less comes out, and then The Raw came out. Like uh, Arden said, he cut a wicked nice promo, and I uh, really got the Brooklyn crowd behind him, and... Just turn the Raw around after that, so it's just nice to see The Rock come back and uh, lay at the smackdown on Rusev. The Moose Knuckle line and the Chewbacca <laughs> Harry Beanbag thing had me dying. The Rock is so great <coughs> improvising his lines. And I'm not the biggest Rusev guy, and I'm not the biggest Rusev fan in the world, but he played off that so well, especially Lana. I thought they had a very good back and forth last night. And um, it was just so, so entertaining. You don't get that a lot nowadays, especially with the current product. So to have The Rock show up, and I know it's for only one night only. I don't expect it to lead to one more match with him and Rusev at WrestleMania. We'll get to that in just a minute. But um, you said it yourself. I think Brooklyn really, I mean, it's not a great return if you don't have a great crowd. In Brooklyn, even before that, the entire show, they were awesome. They were given the bad, they were given their thoughts on everything that happened on the show. Damian Mizdow, which was hilarious. when They were saying better than Miz and whatever else. Um, they were completely crapping all over the guest host stuff, the celebrity stuff, all that kind of stuff. I thought it was hilarious. So to have him show up, to have Rock show up, really gave it a spark, that boost that that show needed. And Brooklyn really received – they responded well to the return of The Rock, gave it a big response. I've already gone back and watched The Return of The Rock at least six or seven times on YouTube. In the last 24 hours alone, people, it was that awesome. So I'll ask you first, RJ, do you think this leads to a Rock versus Rusev match at WrestleMania next year? Or do you think this is only one-time deal between the two uh, parties here? I think it's just a one-time thing. I don't think they're going to really use the Rock to get over on Rusev, pretty much. What are your thoughts, Arden? Do you think that they might bring back Rock around WrestleMania time to put over Rusev or vice versa? Or do you think this is only a one-time deal? Oh, yeah, it's definitely just a one-time deal. you know. And, and that's not to say anything bad about Rusev. I mean, if anything, I think it definitely shows you what the company thinks of Rusev and Lana. I mean... Listen, I'm I may get tired of seeing Rusev and these programs now. He's going over everybody, and heck, in a sense, I still feel as if he should have lost already, especially considering some of the good matches that he had with Jack Swagger. And I like the way he works, but that's just how I feel. But it, it still shows that when you put him in the ring with The Rock, and The Rock could have just came back and just done a regular promo in the ring by himself, doing what he's doing. That's huge. That says something. But it's definitely just a one-time thing. And The Rock, his plans at WrestleMania next year, which appears as if he's coming back, they're definitely going to be bigger than Rusev. 
Oh, absolutely. I think The Rock said himself in an interview only a couple of months ago, and it's not confirmed that he will be back for WrestleMania time next year, but it's slowly looking towards like he might have not maybe one more match. I don't know if it would be his retirement match or whatever. It'd be great to see him have one more match at WrestleMania next year and go into the Hall of Fame um, the night prior on Saturday night before wrestling his final match on Sunday at WrestleMania 31. We'll have to wait and see. It really all kind of depends on if Stone Cold's coming back, Taker, Sting, whoever else. We'll have to wait and see what the roster is looking like at the time. But I absolutely agree. I do not expect this to lead to a Rusev versus Rock match at WrestleMania. But I did like the fact they had The Rock interact with one of the young guys. Didn't have him come out and interrupt a John Cena promo for the millionth time or have him talk to, I don't know, a Dean Ambrose confrontation would have been cool too. But at least they didn't do the obligatory Cena Rock thing again, you know, teasing towards thrice in a lifetime or anything like that. Oh. At least they did something innovative and cool. And this is what I was hoping they would do with Hulk Hogan last week. The guy was on the show last week. I was complaining on Twitter that they didn't have Hulk Hogan. I mean, they had him come out, promote breast cancer. That's great and all. But they could have had him interact with Rusev, real American, real Russian. I don't understand why they never did that. And he doesn't have to get physical with Rusev. He doesn't need to drop the big boot or the, the leg drop. God knows he can even drop one of those this day and age. He's had so many back surgeries. I'm a big Hogan fan, but it would have been great to see him not even get physical, but at least interact with Rusev at some point. I mean, Hulk Hogan can always come back to do that, but I was very uh, surprised he didn't do that with Hogan and Rusev last week when they had the chance. But that being said, though, uh, going back to the task at hand, The Rock might be coming back for one more match at WrestleMania next year. Maybe not one more match, but at least another match. So with that being said, Arden, I'll ask you first, who do you think would be a good opponent for The Rock at WrestleMania 31? In terms of the opponent, I'm just going by from what I'm seeing online. It looks as if, I mean, in terms of the match thing, The Rock has indeed another match with the WWE. He, he, he even said it himself. And multiple reports have confirmed that the Rock and the WWE do have a verbal agreement on one more match. Now, when that match could be, who knows? But it could be at next year's WrestleMania, and the opponent that the Rock wants, along with Vince McMahon, is Brock Lesnar. So the next time that we see the Rock wrestle in a wrestling ring, it could very well be at WrestleMania 31, or potentially 32, versus the beast himself, Brock Lesnar. That's what more reports are saying. That's what saying that The Rock wants. He wants Lesnar. Uh, Vince wants Lesnar. And we do know, since I told you, and even you probably would have known, that The Rock does have one more match. And if he does have one more match, or when he does, it will be with Brock Lesnar. And I think it's very possible, too. This was a match that was supposed to happen at, what, WrestleMania 29? or No, no, I'm sorry, 30. WrestleMania 30. The next night after Rock yeah. lost the title, he was supposed to be attacked by Brock Lesnar. He said himself, it's basically confirmed that was supposed to happen. And it's funny looking back on it, too, because had that happened, had The Rock not gotten injured, what would have happened with the streak? Would it still ended? Who would he have faced at WrestleMania 30? The Undertaker, that is. So it's very interesting to look back. But looking towards the future here, that's a very big possibility. The Rock and Brock Lesnar. But as it stands right now, it's very possible. And it's slowly looking like Brock Lesnar will go into WrestleMania, as he should, as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I personally do not want to see Rock win back the title, get involved in the title chase again. One time was enough for me personally. I would be fine for a Rock-Brock Lesnar matchup, but over the championship in the main event of WrestleMania, I don't really know about that because The Rock's going to be leaving afterwards anyway, same thing with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Who knows if it he's probably, even going to be signed. It probably won't be for the title. It probably won't be for the title, and I think that's where the WWE has put itself in a very complicated situation. Because if you, first of all, 
you're going to have Brock as champion of WrestleMania, the picture that we are now seeing being painted behind the scenes is we expect it to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the title. So if you really want Rock versus Brock, Vince, and you want the Rock there, the Rock could fit that in to his already busy schedule that continues to grow and grow, then clearly you need Brock Lesnar to drop the belt within the next three months. Problem is, when are you going to have him drop the belt, and then who? And that affects other plans. What does that do with the Seth Rollins? What does that do to Athena or Dean Ambrose? What does that do to Roman Reigns? What does that do to, let's say, if Daniel Bryan returns? There's so many problems or issues that need to be solved before they even think about Rock versus Brock the next year. Exactly. I mean, with Roman Reigns' injury being up in the air, Daniel Bryan's as well, like you just said, Arden, it really all puts things up in the air at the moment. Especially since, I, like I said before, I really, really hope that Brock Lesnar goes into WrestleMania as champion. Seth Rollins has his Money in the Bank briefcase up until next June or the next Money in the Bank pay-per-view, whatever it is. So he still has time to go for that world championship. Um, I just think it'd be best if they book Brock Lesnar very strong going into WrestleMania. Don't have him lose via pinfall, because God knows he already lost via DQ and out of champions to John Cena. But um, that being said, though, I really would like to think that they were going to have him going to WrestleMania as champion, whether it be up against Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose or anyone else for that matter, Daniel Bryan even. We'll have to wait and see. So Brock Lesnar is a possibility. Um, personally, I would love to see Brock Lesnar go one-on-one. Not Brock Lesnar, I'm sorry. The Rock could go one-on-one with Roman Reigns. That's also an idea that's been tossed around, seeing how the two are related through blood. Um, the Rock has spoken very highly of Roman Reigns in the past, has liked what he's seen in terms of progress from Roman Reigns in the ring, on the mic, all that kind of stuff. Um, it could solidify Roman Reigns as a star. I don't know. People would probably turn on Roman Reigns in that situation. They would side with The Rock. So I don't know if you would turn Roman or what you do. But um, I think it would be a very cool matchup to do at WrestleMania. Rock loses. He does the favors for his flesh and blood in Roman Reigns. That's another possibility that to do. But before I go on here, RJ, do you have any uh, thoughts here on who Rock should face at WrestleMania 31? I like the idea of Rock facing Brock, but not for the title. And I think I could see that maybe they could do if they don't want Lesnar to have the title anymore. Maybe have, since he's been so inactive, Triple H just says, like, you forfeit your belt. Triple H takes the belt going to Mania. Then they have Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Roman Reigns goes over on Triple H and wins the belt from that whole authority figure so long that prolonged that whole feud and like ended at WrestleMania. The next year, WrestleMania 32, they have Rock and uh, Roman Reigns when he's already like they like solidify more as a star. He's not that big now. Yeah, but he has a good title run throughout 2015. Then Rock versus Reigns at 32. I at, could see that. At Cowboy Stadium. I could see that. Yeah. Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the championship. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, I don't think we said it last week, but yeah, Roman Reigns versus Triple H is a match that I would not mind seeing at WrestleMania. It's a feud that we have yet to get resolved, so I would love to see it. But who would you like to see The Rock face this year? Or do you think they should wait off on Rock having one more match until WrestleMania 32? Rock versus Brock. Rock versus Brock at this year's WrestleMania? Oh, okay, so you have that non-title. Yeah. Then Roman versus H for the title. Okay, I gotcha. So that's a very real possibility as well. Rock versus Brock, Rock versus Roman. I'm trying to think that's a real problem with the roster depth at the moment. We'll get to that in just a second, but um, there's really no one else. I mean, Rock versus Daniel Bryan, I guess you could do, but you on paper it doesn't really do that. Nah, it doesn't really seem like it'd be the greatest of match. I mean, it could be a great technical matchup, but the two are just so over on their own. It doesn't really have that same feel that John Cena and The Rock did. You know what I mean? And God knows we need to see another third match from those two. So, yeah, as of right now, Rock and Rock and Roman, or Rock and Brock, 
are two very real possibilities for WrestleMania 31 or WrestleMania 32. So with that being said, we'll get into our next topic here. Like I said before, the lack of roster depth at the moment. And that was confirmed last night on Raw. The reports were um, made official that at Hell in a Cell we will have two matches, two main event matches. It's going to be John Cena versus uh, uh, Dean Ambrose at Hell in a Cell with the winner facing Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell later that night. So with that being said, I personally thought that that kind of solidified the fact that the roster is so weak now, they need to have these guys compete in two different matches. And don't even give me the example of WrestleMania this past year, because that was a completely different story, because that was something that needed to happen. We needed Daniel Bryan to face his, you know, get his feet out of the way with Triple H and go after the championship. That needed to happen. But with that being said, this doesn't need to happen. We should be just getting Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins inside the cell one-on-one and then just get it over with, you know? The whole inclusion of John Cena, I'm not going to say the whole Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins feud has been watered down, but John Cena's inclusion is not necessary, and they should have paid Brock a little extra to come back for Hell in a Cell to do that one more match. I didn't really want to see it before Night of Champions, but after they delivered that DQ finish at the last pay-per-view, they kind of needed to do that at Hell in a Cell. They're not doing that, and we're getting Cena and Ambrose, and then Cena versus... Rollins or Ambrose versus Rollins later on in the night. So, RJ, I'll start with you. Um, who do you expect, or what are your thoughts on this announcement of the Hell in a Cell matches at the next pay-per-view and your overall thoughts on the current roster depth at this moment? I think it's so dumb that they have Cena and Ambrose fight the same night. That's just, we have no depth as it is on the talent. Why would you risk two of your new, two top baby faces wrestling in two matches possibly and even having another injury? So, I don't know, that's kind of a dumb reason. And then... I see Cena's inclusion, but will Cena put Ambrose over as a real fat? Because he doesn't put anyone over this whole season or whole year, pretty much. Buried Bray Wyatt, and he want to rant about that, but um, we'll talk about that later. I feel like if Ambrose beats Cena, then where does that put Cena? It kind of, it kind of is a win-win. It's kind of lose-lose. So Cena wins, then Ambrose falls so far, and then if Ambrose can beat Cena, then why would Cena get in that rematch against Brock Lesnar if he lost to Ambrose? Exactly, so it, just, it really it doesn't make sense, yeah. Dumb booking and just stupidness. He should just stick with the Fatal 4-Way, winner gets Brock at some virus series, but I if, don't the, know. if the roster depth wasn't if anything, as... then continue the Cena. The Cena and Ambrose feud needs to go together. They, they have the feud. They, I don't care about Rollins anymore. He's kind of on the outskirts. They need to feud Ambrose and, and uh, Cena. They should have just done the Fatal 4-Way. Randy Orton wins, goes to Survivor Series, fight Brock Lesnar. Then Ambrose and Cena fight. If the roster depth wasn't <coughs> bad, then they wouldn't be doing this match on yeah. a pay-per-view. Easily. It's very obvious that they're only doing this on the show itself because they don't really have enough matches to fill out a pay-per-view card. Otherwise, they would have just done Cena versus Ambrose last night on Raw or next week on an episode of Raw, basically what I'm saying, and then do Ambrose versus Rollins at the pay-per-view. Um, I just, I mean, there's also the stipulation of people saying that the loser will face Randy Orton. We talked about that last week. How real that is, I'm not sure. Um, I really don't want to see that happen because I'd be happy to see Ambrose versus Rollins inside the cell main event. But then we get Cena versus Orton for the million. That's another time. match with Cena. Exactly. And that's not going to be a short one either. What? A Cena Orton match. Oh no, absolutely. So it, it's really a lose lose situation, as you said before. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But before I go into any further, Arden, I want to get your thoughts. Um, your thoughts on the announcement of Cena versus Ambrose and the winner getting Rollins at Hell in the Cell and the current state of the roster depth as it stands at the moment. Just to answer the first part, in terms of my reaction regarding the Cena-Ambrose match, I mean, what else could they have done? This is really what you have to do at this point. 
unless you wanted to do a straight up triple threat match, you have to do it. And for my thoughts on who should win it, I definitely hope that it's Ambrose because I also think that Ambrose and Rollins, their program just needs to end at some point. Like I, I get it that it's fun chasing, seeing Ambrose or Cena or both of them chase after this man, but it could also get tiring, you know. Okay, there's gonna be Ambrose who gets his punches, and Cena's gonna get his punches, and then Am- then Rollins runs away, and then he gets his crony later on, and he gets them back. Like eventually, it's going to get tiring. I think what it really comes down to, the reason why it comes down to Cena versus Ambrose for Rollins, and this is pretty much the end all be all for this pay per view. It comes back to WWE creative. Like I know you guys mentioned roster depth and the roster's not being so strong, and I, and I completely get it, and I understand that not everything can be on the creative, and the wrestlers have to take advantage and make the most out of it. But personally, I think it's, it goes back to creative. The creative team has not been good in 2014, and they have been very bad over the last few months. I look at this roster, and I see a roster that's more than capable with the right writers who have the right energy, and they're consistent. This is a roster that's more than capable of having a few top-tier guys, a lot of mid-tier guys, and some low-level guys that are good enough to compete and put on an overall show. And that's the biggest thing that's missing from today's product. And I'm happy your show is called Russell Rant because I'm about to rant right now about this. I always tell people all the time what made me love the old WWE, when it was WWF, I'm talking from the moment I started watching in August of 2000, and I'm talking, I'll probably say for like the first five years, from 2000 to 2005 when I was watching it, was not just because of, well, they had the biggest stars at the time, it was because they had a great roster with a great creative team that was able to put together programs that made you watch an entire two-hour Raw or two-hour SmackDown. And you knew who was a top-tier guy. You knew who was a mid-tier guy. You knew who was a low-tier guy. And it came down to those programs because when you have that talent, along with the fact that everybody has a designated role, it's easy to make program after program after program and have a great program. This is not the case for the WWE now. You got a lot of dudes out here who don't have a designated role. You have a company that is over-reliant are trying trying to use the same formula, the same formula over and over again. They're over-relying on certain stars. They just don't get it. They don't want to use certain stars. They, they, they completely mess things up. And I think the perfect example of it was even going into WrestleMania 30, we knew that the creative team was on a slide because of creativity and writing and their consistency. You know what I think bailed them out that night? was All of our all of our shock and surprise when we saw Taker's streak broken or when we saw Daniel Bryan win the title because there was such joy and our reaction to everything was just great that creators said, see, they, they like this. We're, we're off the hook and they kept trying to do it. No, you cannot do this. So what happens when you don't have the consistency and the creativity in your creative team along with a roster that is now looking underwhelming of course, you're going to have struggling programs like this. I'm not excited for Cena Ambrose because, like RJ said, it is kind of a lose-lose. Cena beats Ambrose. It goes to the old world. Cena never puts over anybody. Ambrose wins. Okay, cool. He does. But what in the hell did you do with Cena? 
to me, the only positive is that if Ambrose wins, cool, he gets a winner with John Cena, add that to his belt, can the Rollins have another nice match, and that their program ends. That's it. That's pretty much the only positive that comes out of the current booking of the Hell in the Cell card come October, or come later this month. But then John Cena will fall somewhere else in the card, facing Randy Orton or Kane again. That's the problem. Like you said, we can blame the roster depth. We can blame the roster depth, but in the end, it really comes down to the creative team. And we talked about this before the show, RJ and I, in that every single match, Night of Champions main event, Raw the next night, we had Ambrose and Kane, Orton and Cena. All three of those matches ended in disqualification. Next week, Orton and Kane versus Cena and Ambrose. Disqualification finished. This week, handicap match, Cena versus Orton, Kane, and Rollins, disqualification again. So, can they not come up with any more less creative ways to book a match? Like you said before, RJ, before we went on the show, Kane kicked John Cena. He big-booted him, and the referee calls for the bell immediately. Like, it made no sense. Absolutely no sense. You know what I mean? We went on a big rant about that last week and about there being no consistency. But they just there's really no creativity in the current product, and there's a lot more stars, like Arden just said, that are capable of being top-tier guys in the company. Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, so many guys in the, in the mid-card, and there's not even much of a mid-card. Sheamus is a former world champion. He's a guy that I could have seen going after Brock Lesnar, not maybe as of a few months ago. He was never he, He's kind of floundered since his return in the Royal Rumble back in January, but uh, he was a guy that could have been a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, anyway. Those two could have had a kick-ass match at whatever pay-per-view, but Sheamus has been treated like such a joke that it really doesn't mean anything. So, with that being said, though, and RJ said it best before, and I definitely agree, in that the Fatal 4-Way match I thought would have been the best way to do it. You have Cena, Ambrose, Rollins, and Orton, I think, and then winner faces Brock Lesnar for the title at Survivor Series, and we said it last week, but I thought Randy Orton comes out of that match. He's, a, he's like the odd guy out, because, you know, Everyone's focused on Rollins, Cena, and Ambrose, Cena and Ambrose specifically. And then Orton, out of nowhere, wins. And then he goes on to face Brock Lesnar as kind of like an anti-hero, like we said last week, to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight title in his hometown of St. Louis at Survivor Series. But uh, Hell in a Cell, as, the right, as, of, as it stands right now, is less than three weeks away. We only have technically two matches, but kind of one, uh, with Cena and Ambrose and the winner facing Rollins. Everything else is up in the air. It's ridiculous how they really don't plan this stuff out. Like you said before, Arden, they're really booking on the fly right now, and they need to fix that in the months going ahead because they really are short on star power, and they can't give away these money matches And right before we get to WrestleMania season. Like, you can't give away Cena Ambrose too much too soon because what else are you going to rely on for the next couple of months? You know what I mean? Cause for that reason you know, alone. Honestly, it can it all be so simple with this company, man. It's like... If you're just anybody who knows wrestling, it's really, I'm, it's not about the wrestlers, it's just about the creative thing. If you're just a logical and realistic wrestling fan, it's really not that hard to think of certain things to do with these guys. It's really not. This company needs to reason with the creative team, and one thing that's really contributing to the lack of stuff that we've seen from the WWE is there isn't a consistent goal, or you know what, it's not even that. There isn't a cohesiveness with this creative team. Multiple reports have come out over and over again saying how all three parts of the creative team, which is one, Vince McMahon, two, Triple H, and Stephanie, and three, the writers itself, they're not cohesive and they don't have an understanding of, understanding of what they're trying to do. And that clearly tells. Because you can't tell whether or not they want to build for the short term or build for the long term. There's plenty of guys on this roster. Plenty of guys. 
that are capable enough of being contributors, but you have to give them the shot, and you have to understand what makes it work. For example, Cesaro was catching fire in late 2013 and early 2014. He became one of my favorites. He became my guy. You clearly give him a WrestleMania moment where he lifts the big show and eliminates him. He's clearly catching on as a baby face. What sense does it make to put him with Paul Heyman? There's really and no sense whatsoever. What so like it doesn't make sense. That's the kind of thing they, they had they take people that, who had momentum, Bray Wyatt, Cesaro, all these guys coming out of WrestleMania. And I don't want to say they ruined them, but they kind of ruined them. With Cesaro, they never really... I mean, even the thing with Paul Heyman had potential, but he was kind of a background character for most of Paul Heyman's stuff. He was never really utilized right. He won that losing streak for a while over the summer. Like, all that they did with Cesaro to build him up with the big WrestleMania win and the Battle Royal, they just ruined it. And we talked about that last week, and Bray Wyatt is another big big uh, example of that and we'll get into that right now we kind of ranted about this last week a little bit and I'm going to get Arden's thoughts on this too but um, the Wyatt family as of last night we saw last week for the vignettes with Luke Harper last night Eric Rowan ones now Eric Rowan they're making the same ones for him too and the rumors are that the Wyatt family is on the cusp of breaking up splitting going separate ways but one piece of information that I did not have last week that I did want to talk about this week as well um, is that the Ascension is rumored to be uh, taking the place of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, apparently. I mean, take this for what it's worth. I don't really believe it, but the rumor is there. So there's a rumor going around that the Ascension might replace Eric Rowan and Luke Harper in the stable. How well it would work, I will not talk about that right here right now. We'll get our thoughts on that in just a second. Um, but Arden, I want to get your thoughts on the Wyatt family potentially splitting up. Do you think it had more gas in the tank? And do you think the act could be um, brought back with the inclusion of the Ascension from NXT? I mean, you might as well break them up at this point, just based on what the company is doing and, and the roster itself. At this point, you need more stars. You need more guys that you can put out there. And from certain reports that I have read, it looks as if that's what they're willing to do. And some people in the in the back actually have a lot of confidence in Luke Harper. They feel as if he could maybe turn into something. Hey. They desperately need it. If there's something that the company needs, they need one of those big guys, man. They need more, and I'm talking about size here, big stars, somebody that has a look. In terms of where you could go with them, who knows? But you need one of those guys. I think Bray, if they stop messing around and find it, you'll realize that this guy is indeed a star, and this is a guy who could really, really do something with the company if you just give him the chance, you know? Eric is somebody who, again, in my world, if I was a part of creative or leading creative, will be the perfect mid-tier, low-tier guy. Competitive, maybe has a title ring with one of the mid-tier belts, but he'll be fine. But Luke Harper and Bray, they're the ones to the mid-tier, to the top-tier guys based on just building programs and based on matchups. And I think with the Ascension, I saw the same thing too, but I saw it a little bit differently because they were talking about how You'll have the Ascension come on Raw, go through a match, this, that, and the third, and Bray will come out and, in a sense, what, recruit them into the Wyatt family? But either way, I just think, of course, it is that time because what would they doing with them anyway as a, as a tag team, as a trio? Not a lot, so might as well. 
that's the thing, though. I think that they all do have futures as singles competitors, but the way they went out with the group, I thought, obviously could have been booked better. That If this is indeed the end of the group, it's not confirmed, but if it is indeed the end of the Wyatt family, they could have booked him a little bit better in the end. And that right now, oh, basically... Absolutely. Basically, what they're what they're showing us is that they've lost almost all of their matches in the last two months, saying, hey, these guys are losers, so we're going to split them up, and now they're going to be losers on their own. Hopefully, that's not the case, and I'm just speculating here, but the Shield is a perfect example. Not every group is going to be like the Shield. This group went undefeated for, what, seven, eight months? I mean, they were perfectly... They were perfectly grouped, uh, booked from day one to the day they split up. There was not a point in time where they were ever quote unquote buried. And the Wyatt family has been, I mean, let's, I mean, it's a, we use the term loosely, but they've been buried. buried. So, with that being said, <coughs> um, the group could have way been booked better in the last couple of months alone. So, the fact they're basically saying, you know, they've lost so much that we really have no plans for them. Let's just split them up. Is just asinine to me because there's so much more you could do with that group. The Shield was together for nearly two years, and they went out on top. And I still think the Shield could have done more together had they not split up the night after their big win over Evolution. The Wyatt family, there's so much left in the tank that it just boggles my mind why they're splitting them up, if that is indeed the plan. Um, but RJ, we kind of talked about this last week, but your thoughts on the Ascension possibly joining the group? Do you think it could work out? I don't get how they take like It suits two different gimmicks, I feel like, between the Wyatt family and the Ascension. Probably the Ascension's more of like an Undertaker. Yes. Kind of like darker thing. Darkness, exactly, of. and the Wyatt family just like freaks, I guess. I don't know. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Back road freaks, I guess, but like, I feel like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan kind of got screwed a little bit. They were put on great matches at Money in the Bank, Payback, and Battleground. I think it was when yep. they fought the Usos. Mm-hmm. They should have won at least one. They should have won the titles. They should have instead of Stardust and Gold. Exactly. Yes. They had a lot of potential. People were behind them. Then they lost, and then Bray Wyatt started losing a lot more, and then everyone started kind of like, like the WWE fan goes, they like Bray Wyatt. He's on TV too much. Okay, his promos aren't that good, supposedly. Now he's losing. Now he sucks. Like, it just goes too... Like, Cesaro's... Like, all these guys, like, get to that level of... Yeah, yeah, Great, yeah. suck. Like, it just goes too fast. And I feel like breaking them up, Eric Rowan will be a superstar main eventer every week. Luke Harper has the potential to be a breakout. I feel like he's way better in the ring than Eric Rowan is, but... If they book him correctly, But they is. haven't booked anyone correctly. Exactly. So, I could see Luke Harper, like... Maybe a mid-card title, but Bray Wyatt should get it before he does anyways. He's proven he can be a single star, but you know he's only been in the company for two years and still hasn't got a title belt. So it's very up in the air right now if they do the Wyatt family. I would not, I wouldn't like oppose for the intention to be with Bray Wyatt, but what's that put Bray Wyatt? He's just still going to be the leader that doesn't have any title wins and just loses the Cena again, or yeah, what's is he going to win gonna a belt? Do? Like, is he going to win a belt or no? Like. If he doesn't win a belt in like another year, they need to like fucking fire the whole creative team. Start. Sorry for my swearing, but it's just ridiculous. I don't get they're booking at Bray Wyatt at all. At least, at the very give least, give him an icy title, something like exactly. That's what make I was him to seem say. like a threat. He hasn't done it. Like he could be the one to beat Sheamus for the U.S. title or Dolph Ziggler for the matter. If you think about it, Bray Wyatt, he's faced all the main eventers. From exactly. CM that's Punk. the thing that they screwed up with him. I they did the same thing with Ryback. Him. They yeah, rushed yeah. him way too fast. Yeah. They had they knew what they had and just like rushed him to the main event scene without having a title. And then he kind of just dead floated. It's kind of like a Jack Swagger. 
He went from what feuding with Kane and like Kofi. Remember like Battleground a year yeah. ago? He was feuding with like the Miz and Kofi. Kofi Kingston. And then he went from feuding with them to the like Shield. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, the Shield, and then the John Shield. Cena. Like whoa! Like I slow it down a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> then he was with Chris Jericho. Then now he's just not. I doing feel anything. bad for Chris Jericho and all this. This guy tried as hard as he possibly could to put Bray Wyatt over, and, and his then promos. they just WWE just fucking yeah exactly. Him Jericho comes over. He comes back to WWE with a purpose. I'm coming back to put this guy over. And we thought at the beginning of that feud it would be the the start of something new with the Bray Wyatt character and then they would start you know a turnaround for the character they would start to book him correctly after the whole feud of Cena bombed and that never really happened it started to happen but after SummerSlam as you know he got destroyed by Big Show Mark Henry John Cena every single week now they're not even on Raw now they, they just have these awesome vignettes but it's really up in the air where they go from here and I'm looking forward to what happened I'm looking forward to what happens and like RJ just said, I would not be opposed to the Ascension being put with the Wyatt family or being put with Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt, we've said this for months now. Go back and listen to the show, the May archives. Like, where does Bray Wyatt go from here? We didn't know what was going to happen after a feud as John Cena ended because there's no other top stars he can feud with right now. Like, a Roman Reigns would be nice, but he's gone for the moment. Um, he's already feuded with Daniel Bryan before. He's already feuded with Jericho, who's gone at the moment. Big show, I mean, like, that was going for a while, and I'm glad it was cut short, but... What's next for Bray Wyatt, I really don't know, and I'm really disappointed to see the Wyatt family go out like this. But like I said before, the awesome vignettes have kind of captured the attention of a lot of fans, and I look forward to where they go with the group from here. So with that being said, there was also a report out this week that I kind of want to talk about personally being the peep that I am. But um, Christian, um, Captain Charisma, is apparently ready to return or has been cleared to wrestle, but... There were reports a couple of weeks ago that Creative had nothing for them, but now reports are saying that he's too fragile in the ring. I'm not going to oppose it. I absolutely agree. Um, he's had he's been injured far too many times over the years to him for him to return as an active competitor. But with that being said, though, I personally, I mean, maybe this is just being me being a Christian fan, but I really want to see him just have one last run, or at least at the very least, one last match in WWE. So Bray Bray Wyatt, geez, I almost called you Bray Wyatt, RJ. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think Christian should have one more run, one slash one more match in WWE? And if so, in what capacity? I feel like if he had another run, he'd just be like an RVD kind of. No, no, I don't see him being world champion. No, Absolutely I don't, but it's just yet. like, what's the point of coming back if you're not going to accomplish anything, I guess? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If I was him, I'd just take my uh, money and run, I guess. And I wouldn't want to be an RVD guy, come back and lose to all these guys, and then they get buried in a week, so... Yeah. It just—I it, don't think it's worth his time to come back. Maybe an announcer, maybe general manager, something like that. But not, or may, just like something not wrestling. From what it seems like, they will be keeping him around in some capacity as an agent, a trainer, like you said, a commentator, GM, whatever. If that even still exists, um, that'd be cool to see. Or you know, he has the Peep Show too. He did a segment with uh, Chris Jericho, and had a champion. So I wouldn't—I'd be fine with him doing that on on Raw every week or SmackDown main event, whatever. Um, but that being said, though, I want to see one more match, but he's not the kind of guy that you can build towards, like, one more match. I mean, his whole gimmick was one more match for, you know, a couple of years, but he's not the guy that, you know, like, it's The Rock coming back for one more match. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the same, like, star power. Exactly. He's no a one's going to buy it. Oh, my God. Hell of a cell. It's Christian's last match. we got to buy it. Like, that would never happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I would like to see him get, a, like, one more title opportunity. Um, and a feud with a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who I, I, I think could have a hell of a series of matches with. But um, even that, I just don't think it's too likely. But Arden, I'm going to get your thoughts. Do you think Christian could have one more run slash one more match in WWE before retiring from the ring? He could have one more match. 
definitely. But could he have one more run? No. And that's simply because of creative. Like, creative wouldn't be able to think of anything for him in terms of, all right, Christian, we're going to give you one more run at the top. One more run before you cap off your career. They just can't. And that's because of the sad state of affairs that's in the WWE. Uh, like, I, I, I feel bad for guys like Christian. Because guys like Christian should be given the opportunity to entertain. And you know what? Christian will actually help out this company because you'll be giving us another person who can help out, contribute, and make things better. But they're not because they don't think that he can help out and that he's fragile. And that's a lose-lose to me because either way, you know what life without him is like. You know what life with him is like. You understand that you have a guy that when he can help us out, He's a mid-tier to top-tier guy. You could put him in those type of programs. He could interact with the Cena's, the Orton's, the Rollins, things like that. And personally, when I think about it, in my world, if I was doing it, I would have I would have eventually put him in a program maybe with Rollins. And I think it would have been something that would have been really good, especially on the mic, because Christian is, to me, one of the more underrated speakers in recent WWE history. I mean, the guy could definitely talk from whether he was an Asian Christian to where he was just himself. So, to me, I think he could definitely have one more match. It will probably be a meaningless match unless it was somebody good. But he won't have one more run. And that's more because of WWE trader. And that's the thing, too. I mean, you have all these people on creative that used to write for all these top-tier shows and not wrestling shows, like drama shows and whatever. I used to write for... Lucy Knows Best from 1999 or something like that, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, they don't really have any wrestling minds on the creative team, which is why we get all these dumb segments every single week with the celebrities, what we saw last night, which was atrocious. Um, not the second Susan G. Coleman lady, but she was fine. Um, London, I think her name was. The other two that were on an earlier oh, on the Today show, show. Kathy Lee and Hoda, or whatever her name was. Yeah, from the Today Show. They were terrible. The whole segment had... Okay, now I'm just going to rant. Because that whole segment... <laughs> Had nothing to do with Raw. They did not. They did not like promote breast cancer awareness or anything. <laughs> no. They just came out with Adam Rose and just like smashed each other in the ass with a wine <laughs> bottle. Yeah. And it just was just a waste of time. They had so many segments last night that just weren't necessary. It made absolutely. Instead of no having sense. like I get like I get like they had the other lady come out and like promote breast cancer awareness. Like that's a good thing too. But that's like, fine. Yeah. Maybe just throw like a video in there. They don't have, to have like people keep coming out. Yeah. Like they had the Roman Reigns thing. You really didn't need to show that. You need to show freaking the stupid Slater Gator thing that we see. No one gives a shit about a bull and a midget gator wrestling. <laughs> like they just need to like look at the script and just be like, is this good? And they is can't. our fans gonna are our fans going to be entertained by this? No. Well, they, and then they have this. They have a hundred rematches like they do every week. Of Sheamus and Miz, we've seen a hundred times. They have Stardust and Goldust and Cesaro versus Usos and Dolph Ziggler. We've seen that a million times. Cena and Orton. Like just be original. Like make something interesting. Make me want to watch the Raw. Don't make me want to do my homework and watch Monday Night Football. Like it's just ridiculous of how. There's other there's plenty of guys they can use to do start new like creative storylines and more like fresh feuds when they just don't. I just don't get it. The Roman Reigns thing was weird because they hyped that up for a solid week, like he's gonna be on the show. And initially, I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna be there via satellite. But he was in New York this past week for one of their 
signings or something like that. So I'm thinking, okay, he, he will be on the show. And they were promoting that. He was saying in like interviews that he was going to be on Raw, and he wasn't there, and he was there via satellite, which is okay. Michael Cole asked him one question, he answered it, and that was it. Like, it was over in 30 seconds. Yeah, that was, that was really disappointing. Like, they they blew it, and like one of my favorite vloggers to read from, his name is uh, Richard Gray, who, does, who has a site called WrestlingNewsWorld.com. He had a lot to say about it. And, and I was reading his tweets, and I thought about it, and I said, you know what? He's right, because the opportunity that the WWE could have had to, to, to get a feel of the universe's feeling towards Roman Reigns was wasted. And it's one of those things where you can't get it just from one question, or you can't get it from a satellite. How about on a role like that, which was lackluster outside of a couple moments, including the Rock uh, return, which we all know was great, how about if you really want to see, okay, where is he going to stand with fans? Why not actually have him on the show and come out and gauge that crowd reaction and to see how people take in the fact, oh, my God, that's only Reigns. Because even though you were building him up to be one of the top faces and to be one of the top guys, with his arsenal and with some of the things he was doing, he could also very quickly start starting to get on people's nerves because he's also starting to get looked at when I look on Twitter, as people look at him and go, well, the same way that there's Super Cena, there's Super Reigns, because he does his five moves, he does his, you know, his punch and his spear and his yelling, and then he wins the match, you know, if you understand what I'm saying. So, to me, it's like you have him on satellite, and then you just have one question. That was severely disappointing. You should have had him out in person, and to get the interview, you should have just had him come out and give a long, passionate speech about what he's going to do when he gets back and how everything is. That would have been more better. Seriously. At the very least, it could have made it into an angle or made it worthwhile and having Seth Rollins come out and saying, I was the one that put you on the shelf. And, you know, because he was the last one that he was feeding with before he, went, you know, before he got injured. So they could have made something out of an angle out of it instead of just asking one question and then just, you know, for, for how much they promoted it, it was pretty disappointing. Yeah, for 30 seconds worth. That's like something they, like an they injury They plugged update. it like four or five times. I yeah. was like, all right, Romain's come back. I like the idea, like you said, like maybe have Seth Rollins come out and attack him. Yeah, or just exactly. like hit him with a briefcase or something, be like, yeah, I'm the reason you're hurt. Exactly. And then just like prolong their feud and say it's like, wait, Reigns and Rollins actually feuded? Like they only, f- they had one match and they, did, they Raw, ruined yeah. it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just dumb. Just dumb. It's just what it is. They give five minutes to the, the celebrity guest host, but they can't spare three minutes for the Roman Reigns, you know, update instead of 30 seconds. Like that was really meaningless. But um, we're talking about Roman Reigns right now. That leads me right into my next question. Uh, Arden, I'll ask you first. Of these three people, who do you think, who do you want to see return first for one thing? And second thing, who do you think is the most essential to WWE success right now when going into WrestleMania season? Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, or Batista? All three guys are rumored to return, not any day now, but you know, before the end of the year, early 2015, do you think who do you think of those three is the most essential to WWE success going forward? Between those three, I would say I would say Daniel Bryan. I mean, for one, it's been a while, and two, I think his return, you know, for when he comes back, I think it's going to be incredible. You know, it's, the, the reaction he's going to get is great. And of course, when you have the whole 
Yes, yes, yes. That's going to catch you on like fire once again. Heck, Daniel Bryan was actually just out there in, uh, in San Francisco, you know, leading the Giants crowd because they're in a, you know, NL playoffs, you know, baseball, you know, against their opponent. And he was just leading that crowd in the yes thing. I think it's Daniel Bryan because for what he means to the company and to, you understand, with him back, you understand, all right, that, that means we now have another title contender and another top tier guy back our programs, which would be huge. And most importantly, this means you have somebody that you can go to. Like, you don't just have to rely on Cena. You don't just have to rely on starting to rely on Ambrose and Rollins and Orton and things like that. Daniel Bryan is a guy who is capable of being in those being in those top programs, too. And who knows what you could have done with him in creatively if he comes back. Maybe finish his angle with the authority, or maybe have him on the path back to the title. Who knows? But I think personally, Daniel Bryan would be would be nice to have first, and I think he is the most important one to have. I definitely agree. He was the main event of WrestleMania this past year, and granted, so was Batista. But I mean, Daniel Bryan was the top ace in the company when he was injured. He was a champion. Um, when he comes back, and I know some people have said in the past, like I don't know right off the bat if he's going to be put back in the title picture. At this point, they really have no choice. Like, they have no one in the title picture right now. Brock Lesnar isn't even on TV. Um, so Daniel Bryan, when he comes back, is going to be a big star. I don't think the Yes movement had died down. And I think, I don't know if it was on your show, Arden, or if it was someone else that I was talking to back a couple of months ago. It might have been your show. Um, when we talked about the Yes movement peaking, I'm not exactly if I talk about that with you or not. Um, but I, I don't know if it... I, I, I personally don't think that the Daniel Bryan Yes movement peaked at WrestleMania. It was only a matter of bad timing. It wasn't like he was buried like Bray Wyatt or anything like that. He got injured. The Yes movement had to take, you know, he was sidelined for a little while. When he comes back, I think it'll be stronger than ever, in my opinion, anyway. But, um, yeah, I agree with your answer on Daniel Bryan. So, RJ, I ask you, who do you think is most essential to WWE success right now? Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, or Batista? Uh, easily, I'd say Daniel Bryan. I feel like... Obviously, he was the top tier, one of the top tier guys. Lee had the championship, then he got hurt, obviously. But I feel like when he comes back, even if he's not put right into a title reign, I I think anyone would want to see this at WrestleMania, him versus John Cena at WrestleMania. They had a hell of a match at SummerSlam uh, last year, and I feel like he's a guy that they can count on who's already a proven star that you can just put him on the card and just make a good match that's not worth the title. Like, his match would be... like. It's kind of like The Rock. Like it's a match that doesn't need the title involved. Daniel Bryan's a proven star, and he's more. People would want to see him more than Reigns. He's not like getting over. Like his over wasn't like a Cena or a Roman Reigns. Like everyone got annoyed with him fast because he has all his like five moves. He just barely does anything. He's like the, one of the best technical wrestlers they actually have in the company. And like I said, he can. Like he's not like he's kind of like your underdog, I guess. But like I said, he can put him in a match with. Cena, Rollins, Rollins, hell, Rollins, Ambrose, like he's a guy that like you can just throw in one of those feuds and have a great wrestling match with. So I think easily you'd say Daniel Bryan's the guy that they really need back right now. I think right now if Daniel Bryan was to come back right now or in a few months, whenever, like you just said, there's so many fresh possibilities for Daniel Bryan against Seth Rollins. If not over the World Heavyweight Championship, that'd be a great match. Um, or if even if it was over the World Heavyweight title, given the fact that Rollins is the current Money in the Bank winner, um, him versus Ambrose, like you said before, him versus John Cena again, him versus even Bray Wyatt, a guy that beat him at the Royal Rumble who has yet to beat in singles competition, um, all of those would be great feuds for Daniel Bryan when he comes back. 
I look forward to Roman Reigns going back. That's going to be pretty cool, whether it be in the Royal Rumble. Um, it depends whether they push him towards the main event or not. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see whether that, where that goes. Um, and Batista, too, I think, even on a from a business standpoint, seeing how much success the Guardians movie got, um, people might be a little bit more... Um, not apathetic, but a little more willing to see Batista or cheer for Batista this time around. Maybe you could see him like a f- start. Maybe when he comes back, a face run and yeah. against Rusev at WrestleMania. Yeah, maybe? exactly. Rusev so, or uh, I, I, we talked about this last week with Lesnar match. I could possibly see happening. Uh, maybe not at WrestleMania, but at some point. I wouldn't want to see that. No, well, uh, him versus Batista is the thing that someone has already. Uh, they've already. He's just said in the past that he wants to face Triple H at least one more time. Um, if not at yeah, WrestleMania. I read that too. Yeah, I want to see The Rock and Triple H again. I, I want to see The Rock versus Triple H. I was saying that could possibly be a WrestleMania match too. Rock and Triple H has been rumored in the past, so I could see that happening. That was supposed to happen, I think, at WrestleMania 30, but I think they changed plans with Daniel Bryan instead. But uh, that, that's another possibility too. But yeah, Batista, I think, from a from a financial standpoint, from a business standpoint, um, he, he might bring in some money when he comes back too. But yeah, of those three people, I think Daniel Bryan um, will be is the most essential to w, w, WWE success. WCW? What? You're going to say WCW. WCW, yeah. Yeah, long gone. <laughs> long gone. Um, WWE success when he comes back, um, whether it be in a few months or around WrestleMania time. So before we go off the show, one last question for you guys. RG, I'll start with you. This Friday, we are celebrating 15 years of SmackDown, which didn't debut 15 years ago this month. It was actually back in April that we celebrated it officially. But um, WWE is recognizing Friday's show as the 15th anniversary of the Blue Brand. So... To you, RJ, having watched wrestling for the last what twelve years now, what's I your favorite? You were gonna ask me that, so what's your favorite, favorite SmackDown, SmackDown moment? moment? I would have to say I only have two because these are both right when I started watching wrestling. So I'd say when uh, Lesnar and Big Show broke the ring, that was oh, ridiculous. Right, yeah. yep. And then I'd say uh, when Rey Mysterio debuted and did a uh, jumped right off the top of the steel cage. Uh, I was around the same Un-Americans. time. Yeah, I was saying it was Un-Americans because I think it was Christian, Lance Storm, and Test. So that was a great match. That was a great moment too. I would say that was two, and then maybe throw Randy Orton when he backed in uh, Big uh, Undertaker through uh, the the I don't know if it was Titantron. He like was on the Eddie Guerrero Lowrider. Oh yeah, yeah. He brought him through there, and then it was kind of another. Uh, I have so many good SmackDown moments. And <laughs> These then from back in the day. These and then another good one that like, wasn't that big. Big Show choke slammed. Uh, Kurt Angle off like like off the garage is ridiculous oh, yeah, 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 for yeah, Tory yeah. Wilson I've I think and then like before, Kurt Angle's in a wheelchair for a while yeah but I I used to love SmackDown I used to oh. he used to be the wrestling show exactly I used to watch SmackDown <laughs> more than I watch Raw and now I don't even care about SmackDown yeah. but that's what I, I think about SmackDown, SmackDown. forever yeah but uh, it's funny too because SmackDown you watch all these great moments that they were airing last night they, I, I was glad they were promoting the 15th anniversary show. I don't expect a lot of stars to be there, if any at all. I wouldn't be surprised. Like with the Raw, what was it, the 20th anniversary show they had about a year and a half ago, they said all the stars were coming back, and I remember being so pissed about this, and all they brought back was like The Rock, who was already back at time anyway. He was contending for the title, and Mick Foley, and that was it. But um, So I wouldn't be surprised. And this is SmackDown, a show they haven't taken seriously in years. But anyway, though, Arden, what's your favorite SmackDown moment? Oh, man. That's many. I'll, I'll probably say it this. I have three that I have in mind. For one, this was 03, Lesnar and Angle's Iron Man match for the WWE Championship. That was a classic. Um, definitely, I'll probably say any time The Rock went on SmackDown in 2000, because that was the crowd reaction every time that he came out was amazing. Of course, remember he said he went to SmackDown, the crowd would just go crazy. And another one is 
the third one with John Cena when he was in his rapper mode and and he used to come out and do all these freestyles in every city that he was in. Those are really good times, man. Those are probably my three favorite moments every time I think about SmackDown. And that's exactly why I can't name a favorite SmackDown moment because I've only been watching since 08 and nothing on SmackDown has been notable since then. I'd watching. say like the Cruiserweight division are all really... Yeah. Brought me to SmackDown. I loved the Cruiserweights when I was Oof, younger. The Cruiserweight division. That'd be Ugh. great if they brought that, that back, you know? I don't think that they, they ever can. Jamie Noble's an agent now. <laughs> he used to be so... I hated Jamie, Jamie Noble. And Joey Mercury, too, are like Dean Ambrose last week. Oh, here comes the Cruiserweight division. They're out to get me or something like well, that. Joey Mercury wasn't in the Cruiserweight No, no, he wasn't. I'm just well, saying that. I just thought well, it was funny. If it was Billy Kidman, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. I miss Billy Kidman, too. Billy oh. Kidman. Best theme, by the way. You tweeted me that a little this while theme. ago. This theme was so good. Oh, great theme. Oh. Very underrated, too. Best shooting star press out there. I'm Sorry, Evan Bourne, but best shooting star press. But, um, yeah, SmackDown celebrating 15 years is upcoming Friday. I might watch a show depending on who. I mean, I'll look. I don't watch. I don't read the spoilers, but I do read I the do. previews for uh, <laughs> for who's going to be on the show. So if it's any good, I'll check it out. But I doubt they're going to. Like, I thought The Rock might be. I thought he was going to show up last night to promote the 15th anniversary of SmackDown and be on that show. But I think last night was only a one-time deal, so I don't think that's the case. And SmackDown was his you know, baby to begin with. So I thought that was going to be. Some tie into that, but I guess not. But I was still happy with The Rock's return regardless. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Wrestle Rant Radio, talking everything from Raw to The Rock to SmackDown celebrating 15 years and everything else in between. It's been a great hour of talking wrestling, as always, here on Wrestle Rant Radio. But first and foremost, Arden, thank you so much for being on the show. Great talking to you, man. A lot of awesome insight, and hopefully we can have you back at some point. But before we let you go... Oh, definitely. Before we let you go, I just want to let you plug your stuff, uh, blog talk, radio show, your Twitter, anything else. Oh, man, thank you once again, man. Like I told you before, I couldn't believe it that you invited me. Tonight's definitely been great, man. I definitely had a lot of fun talking to you and RJ. It's always good talking wrestling, and I hope you guys enjoy whatever I had to say. And for those out there interested in the following, man, just follow me on Twitter, at Arden Sports Talk, A-R-D-E-N, Sports and talk and from there you'll get everything that you need to know about me sounds great man and like I said before it's only fitting that I had you on the show since you had me on your show a couple of times over the last couple of months so I thought it'd only be appropriate but like I said before man thanks again we'll talk to you soon absolutely man I'll talk to you soon too. thank you once again no problem have a good night man uh, you too Argent before we go off the air your shameless plugs my shout outs I'm the sorry shout outs I got Molly Jeff Cam Shannon Jamie Sus if I didn't say it too bad at Raymond underscore Marceau on Twitter at Ray Marceau on YouTube um besides that I'm gonna go watch Wrestlemania 20 Cruiserweight Open when I get back cause I really <laughs> miss them He's in a cruiserweight mode right now. Oh, I miss Tajiri, too. Tajiri. And he's in TNA right now, too. Oh, my God. TNA Bound for Glory is on Sunday. I completely <laughs> <laughs> the WrestleMania is on Sunday. I completely <coughs> forgot. Not like uh, we were going to talk about it anyway. But exactly. it's funny. It's taking place in Japan. They haven't done anything. They haven't done a, a single shit to promote this show exactly. whatsoever, you know? It's an absolute joke. Um, but anyway, though. Um, if he didn't give you a shout-out, he's got two words for you. Suck it. Too bad. Well, that's it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's going to do it for WrestleRant Radio this week. You can listen live to the show every Tuesday night right here on live365.com backslash ECTV or backslash stations backslash ECTV73. Next year, wrestling.weebly.com for all the episodes 
um, every episode dating back to the debut, which was one year ago tomorrow, October 8th, and I, I mentioned this now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're celebrating one year here on WrestleRant Radio, here on EC Radio, so thanks to everyone on the Endicott College campus, and especially the uh, Professor Ellie Pye. She's been great to me, been great to the show, so very happy to have this opportunity to stream the show live for you guys every single Tuesday night right here on EC Radio. But if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Graham Houston Matthews, YouTube, same thing, Bleacher Report, same thing. Like I said before, we'll be back next week with another all-new edition of WrestleRant Radio, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8, 7 Central Time. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening live, and we'll see you next Tuesday.